Hi, welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Sergio Ronchetti for Eldest Souls. It's a boss rush, Souls-like game. It has beautiful pixel art and a really fun battle style. Uh, But yeah, it's difficult to play. It's Souls-like, right? You're going to die a lot. But the music is a great incentive to keep slashing away at these oversized, overpowered bosses. Sergio talks about how he became the composer for Eldest Souls. This game has been in development just over three years. I um, I met John and Francesco, the developers at Fallen Flag, about, well, yeah, three years ago, well, when we were both, all three of us at uni, and I met them in London as they were taking a year out from their course, and they were already starting work on on Eldest Souls as a sort of student project, nothing nothing too serious, and they're, they're quite savvy for two Italians um, studying in England, so they managed to pick up interest from a few publishers and some funding, and the rest is history, basically. We, um, we've we been working on it ever since. The game itself is uh, in this beautiful pixel art style in, in the vein of a, a Souls-like game, like Dark Souls, Bloodborne, games that they the two of them were massive fans of, like very difficult, very unforgiving, challenging sort of combat. And it's specifically um, revolved around a boss rush game. So th- there, there's some exploration in between, but really it's all about the fights. played it and I've made it definitely made it past the first boss I think I died six times for the first boss so that wasn't too bad at all and <laughs> six then, times is pretty good <laughs> I know but the second boss I'm just like listen I, <laughs> the second one has been really difficult and I love the music for the second boss too so I look forward to asking you about that but um, but is was this the first time Sergio that you worked on a game this was the first project that I started working on. Like since then, obviously it's been quite a few years. I've, I've managed to pick up a bunch of other indie game projects and work with loads more clients. But nice. really, yes, this is the first finished, released game that I've kind of put my name to. So I'm very, very excited. Yeah, and you did the sound design too, right? Absolutely. Everything you hear is all me. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. I mean, what did you think about doing that aspect of it? Because I know you've been involved in music for basically your whole life, and we'll talk about that mm. too. But what was it like to then also assume the, the sound design work? So it was it was a pretty casual kind of like arrangement. Like um, my work started just like on a trailer that they needed out. And then from then they were like, great, we love your music. Like, we'd love for you to work on the game. Would you like to do the sound design as well? And at that point, I literally had no experience, almost no knowledge of what sound design was and what it entailed. And I was like, yeah, sure, fine, <laughs> why not? Like, I've seen a few uh, Facebook Foley videos, you know, like, how did they make that sound behind the yeah. movie sort of thing? And like, I was like, I could do this. This sounds great. I can step on on, on leaves and, and scrunch stuff up with my hands and and record it and... and well, I'm so glad I said yes, because it's it's turned out to be another passion of mine. I, I seem to have some sort of natural interest and, and knack for it as well. So, yeah, it's been a blast. Nice. And you're a gamer too, right? 
Of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah. I think that's an important part, but easily taken for granted, yeah. Yeah, because I, I noticed, I think it was on Twitter, it says you want to score a God of War game. Is that right? <laughs> Hell yes. Yeah. Hell yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That's just kind of like my, I don't know, I thought it'd be interesting to, to give somebody an insight of, of what I kind of still aspire to do. And, mm-hmm. and I think if I had to dream big, like that would be it. Like that would be the pinnacle for me. Like, yeah, because I love those games. I love the music ever since, you know, Winifred Phillips did the first one. Yeah. Right up until like Bear McCreary's uh, new work on the latest edition. It's mm-hmm. it's been amazing. I love that franchise. So yeah, I mean, yeah. talk a little bit about uh, the music in this game you know you mentioned this boss rush so you know this game is focused on these big huge really quite long boss fights and so your tracks are long and they really get to dig into these themes and stuff so talk to me about you know constructing the music for these big boss fights i kind of describe it as having to convey two different messages for this whole game um one of them is this challenging boss encounters that you find like super unforgiving very difficult very intense and that really is pretty straightforward i I come from a background of of playing and writing in heavy metal bands and uh, as a bassist so all my writing experience and sort of inspiration still comes from that kind of heritage i guess that you could say that i that i built up when i was younger so really like, you know, I still listen to heavy metal songs and, and to make aggressive music is kind of, you could say now it's in my blood to do so. So <laughs> um, I, I absolutely loved every second of that. It kind of just came to me quite easily, aside from like learning, you know, orchestral conventions to make it fit within the, the instrumental palette that I was using. Mm-hmm. The other message is, is kind of that idea of loneliness and really up against inc- insurmountable odds which is what the crusader, the, the protagonist that you play as, is facing. You know, kind of like a lone warrior really up against these these, these deities, these incredible powers and, and being sort of that glimmer of hope that's left. And for that reason, I, I kind of drew on my post-minimalist inspirations, people like Max Richter, people like Ryuchi Sakamoto, mm. who scored The Revenant. Like that sort of repeating very kind of almost hypnotic sort of ideas in music where you have that same kind of haunting melody that's that's reinforcing itself every time it plays. Very simplistic, but very powerful kind of music. And mm-hmm. for that reason, the main theme sounds very different to, to the other tracks. Yeah, the main theme is very kind of, um, you know, you mentioned, I think, lonely and kind of ethereal and much more, uh, I guess, pensive in quality, melodic in quality. And that's good, le- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Than the, than the big boss uh, tracks, for sure. Mm. And, and I wanted to ask you, too, about, you know, just being a bass player. I was a trumpet player my whole life, and so I became, a, <laughs> I became accustomed to hearing from the top down, you know? And so the older right. I got, the, the, I had to train myself to listen to the bass, you know what I mean? Like, I had to really focus on that 
so that, you know, just to become a better musician, better listener, all of those things. So I'm always fascinated with, you know, bass players, tuba players, all the low end players <laughs> who learn that right off the bat. You learn to listen from from the bottom up to really oversimplify it, I think. So so talk to me about how you feel like, you know, being a bass player kind of affects your composition. Emily, I'm going to give it just 30 seconds because my dishwasher is about to make a beep and I can't stop it. <laughs> okay, no worries. It's <laughs> a fantastic question, but I don't want this to ruin it. I'm so sorry. No, this is not what you get for living in, in an open floor apartment. I know, I London. do too. <laughs> <laughs> Here he goes. Yeah, no worries. I just moved to an apartment. I lived in a house for 10 years and I just moved to an apartment about three months ago. It's been quite an adjustment, but yeah, right, I, I can, right. I can relate here. to like having um, sounds afar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lived in a house my whole life and now living in this open plan, I think, oh, it's so cool. You know, I'm modern and everything. And then you're like trying to watch a movie and trying to do the, the washing at the same time. And it's just like, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I changed my mind. Anyway, right. Okay. <laughs> Right, to answer your, your fantastic question, which is so interesting as well, like to hear um, the way that you think musically as well, uh, based on your your background and, and, and what you play. Mm -hmm. and, and yes, it's very true. I I think in terms of a basis still, and like in my band, it was all about, you know, being the guy in the background, the, the kind of silent hero. That's the way I like to say it. I like to glorify it. <laughs> yeah. I was the silent hero, the kind of the thing that nobody wanted to, to, to notice, but I was essential. As yes. essential as any other piece in the band. So I, I also liken game composing and film composing to being a good bassist, right? Because my favorite compliment at the end of a night playing a live show was not uh, somebody coming up to me and going, oh man, your bass, it sounded so amazing. Like your playing was incredible. I preferred it when people came up and said, your band sounded incredible, right? Mm -hmm. Like the whole thing was, because I'm like, great, excellent, thumbs up, I did my job. <laughs> Nobody noticed me, they just realized what I was doing to the rest of the band, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah. the same with, with scoring media, like you don't want to stick out because if you do, you ruin that that immersive experience, that focus that a player should have, you know? Yeah. The, the music should enhance everything, support it, not get in the way or, or take up too much of the light. And, and I guess you could say, yeah, when I start scoring any sort of music, I think of the drums, I think of the the low end, like the, the double bass lines, the staccatos and stuff like that, and, and, and build from there. through in the tracks these just really driving bass lines that kind of just keep you going through these fights and um, the track for the second boss is called hunk of steel and flesh and I just love it it gives that boss in particular and having not beat that boss I don't know who comes next but I, <laughs> but I can say that that boss is just like this big giant knight in armor with this huge shield and just it gives him so much presence to have that driving base.
you talk to me about that track, Hunk of Steel and Flesh? Yeah, sure. Um, I think at the time I was listening to a lot of uh, Ramin Jawadi, who scored uh, Pacific Rim, the first one. He also did Game of Thrones and a bunch of other stuff, Westworld, like amazing composer in his own right. But obviously Pacific Rim was like a big monster movie. And one of his cues, I think it was something like 10,000 tons of awesome or whatever, describing one of the kaiju. And it was just, it was just so fitting. You know, it was just big brass. It sounded like a big monster. So I guess I, I, I drew from that as sort of inspiration, even though they sound nothing alike. Yeah. To, to the idea of, of, of enhancing this boss's characteristics and personality. Like it really is this, like you described perfectly, this big lumbering kind of beast that's, that's got no, no real life to it. It's just on like on one mission, which is to, to stop you and anybody else entering this ancient citadel that you're trying to break into where all the gods are being kept. Also, without knowing again, I, I try not to think too hard about this. I try to just write from what I what I enjoy hearing as I'm doing it. So, and without knowing, it, it sounds very much like a like a kind of doom metal um, or what have you sort of rock song, where it's just a simple driving riff, something I don't know, maybe that Cannibal Corpse might write if they were writing anything under like 300 BPM, yeah, something like that. And, you know, you mentioned in the beginning and uh, that you were in school when you met the game makers and you you had toured and done a lot of playing in bands and then decided to go back to school. Will you talk to me about that transition? Sure. I'll talk to you about anything, Emily. Whatever you want to ask me. Let's go. <laughs> All right. That specifically, yeah. It's uh, At the end of the four years, I kind of, I had enough. I was burnt out mentally and physically. I, I describe those years as the, the highs being like the best moments of my life and the lows being quite literally rock bottom for me. Like didn't get any worse than that since so far, you know, there's still time, but <laughs> so I kind of had enough of it. I, towards the end, I realized that sort of traveling and that touring lifestyle as well just really didn't suit me. And obviously there was, there was no money involved. And whenever there was, it went straight back into whatever we needed to spend it on. So yeah, kind of, yeah, had enough of that. Also had enough of being in a room full of egos, <laughs> trying to write a song, <laughs> myself included, kind of fed <laughs> up of waiting for the lead singer to, to get hit with this moment of inspiration. Otherwise the song wouldn't be finished. And so I, I had to do a lot of kind of unpacking and like unraveling in terms of what I, how I write and how I think about when I write music. And going to uni was a massive eye opener. I really just re-educated myself in the process of, how to sit down and how to do something from start to finish. And it was great. It, I mean, it really, at the end of it, I, I, I think about 10% of my higher education actually directly is applicable to what I'm doing now. Yeah. So I had to go around my course. I had to do short courses for DAW production, mixing and mastering the game audio stuff, like implementation, FMOD and all that good stuff. But really what uni did was open my eyes, 
surround me with like-minded, motivated individuals and and the the professors who are who are awesome. Like they, they I, I still talk to many of them today. They're the reason I I go back to unis and and give lectures myself now, which is also another very uh, exciting thing because I'm very passionate about teaching people um, who need a little help, just like I did. I don't like to believe in luck. I, I prefer to believe in coincidence because luck kind of, I don't know, encourages people to not not be proactive about things. But really, it was super serendipitous. Let's go. Let's go with that word instead of luck. <laughs> yeah. like, to have met John and Francesca, and and more the fact that I met people who were in exactly the same position as me, just in a different field. So it married up so perfectly mm-hmm. that we worked together on our first game together because we had the space and the patience to give each other time to learn what was expected of us in each of our roles. You know, I didn't, I didn't know what, um, everything that I could be asking for as a sound designer or what the depths that I could go to, to make my work the best it could be. Um, and so it was great being in that process with them. Uh, similarly with them, you know, with their game design and, and organizing the whole project, they, they have to be producers and game designers in, in such a small indie environment. love to hear a, a little bit more about some of these later tracks of course you can hear the soundtrack it's on it's on spotify it's out there so even though i can't quite beat the second boss yet <laughs> I, I was able to spend a lot of time with the soundtrack which was nice and um a couple other tracks that i they really liked a lot beast of the ever forest there's this really fun kind of duple triple feel that you do there can you talk to me about that track yeah it's, it's funny you say that i'm surprised like even on the streams that we've been watching uh, like people have been commenting a lot on that track and I'm I'm yeah. actually surprised because it's not the track I would have picked but <laughs> whatever I, that's fine like <laughs> yeah I think I think it might have to do with that rhythm that rhythm just feels really good the the hemiola you've got going on there is really nice yeah, yeah. it's I guess <laughs> yeah 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 sure sure I mean you're not wrong it's um I guess that track was all about being sounding a little bit more tribal you know sounding a little bit okay. more like is this not to spoil it for anybody, but this this dear god that you're fighting up against is is um, situated in the forest in the wild. So okay. I guess you needed something a little less. If if we compared it to the guardian, for example, with the fir- the, the the boss that you're stuck on. Don't worry, I'll give you tips <laughs> after this. There's, okay, there's plenty good. you can try. That I, that I guess was more straightforward, less um, more on the grid than say maybe the. The Dear God, which had to sound a little bit more wild. I guess that was the personality I was going for. But I, I think on a lot of in, on all of the cases, I try to focus on the emotion more so than the technicalities of what I'm trying to do with the music, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like I always ask John and Francesco, just give me three words to describe mm. the setting or what you want me to write music for. 
That's yeah. it. Like the emotion, the pace, whatever. Just give me three words and we'll just we'll start there. I'll write a piece of music and if you like it, great. If you don't, then then we'll go from there. And it's, it seemed to work, you know. Yeah, I loved that track. I also loved Fragments of an Eternal Nightmare. That one actually was um, based on a reference. I think the only time that they actually gave me a reference. And John, I think, came to me and was like, oh, dude, it would be so cool to have um, music like this in the game. And for the life of me now, I cannot remember where it was from. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I can fish it out eventually. It was from one of these MMOs, I think. And I was okay. like, yeah, sure, we can do that. Like. I mean, if that's if that's what you want, let, let's go for it. I, I I really enjoy the challenge of just answering a brief. I think that's the most exciting thing for me, as opposed to having it have my stamp in inverted commas, you know, whatever that means. Because I, I don't know about you, but I think there's a lot of pressure on, especially young composers, to try to write something original and nail that like super unique sound like straight away like yeah and and we're listening to our idols who have been training and leading up to that moment that uniqueness that they have for like decades and we're right. trying to replicate it straight away so i don't i try not to get bogged down on it i try to just focus on the job at hand knowing full well that the just the small nuanced decisions that i make along the way will make it sound like me you know, it's, that can't be helped. It will always sound like you because you make decisions different to anyone else. You have different equipment, different environment, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that track was fun. That was, that was following, um, the reference he gave me and it was, yeah, just another, <laughs> another unique challenge. You know, a lot of times in games, certainly not all the time, there's plenty of exceptions, but uh, often music can be kind of short. You're, you're asked to write a little bit shorter tracks that loop, and obviously your tracks loop in the game, but they're much longer because of these boss fights. So talk to me about mm. that that length, you know? I mean, it all started with, with me trying to decipher and analyze the tracks that are used in like Bloodborne and Dark Souls and that. Mm. And I, I, have, I guess I didn't, I wasn't able to delve deep enough, but to me, it sounds like those games just have these fantastically epic tracks that just play out. And I'm sure there's a loop point at some point, but you really can't hear it. They just sound like these big, long, epic pieces, which is great. So I kind of went with that to begin with, just, just thinking like, I'm just gonna write a big track and then put it in the context and then see if it needs these kind of adaptive loops, these these moments where the music should really uh, reinforce specific uh, changes in the fight. Mm -hmm. So like some tracks like, for example, um, God, it's so hard remembering the names of the tracks because I still have the the working titles in my head, which are <laughs> sure. nothing like the new. Obviously, you know, I have to make them cool for the soundtrack so they all change. Then, yeah. Um, uh, um, Oh God, it's for Hyam, it's for the ice one. 
is there is there an ice name on my soundtrack? <laughs> frigid frigid resilience. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that one, the that. cold one, the cold track. <laughs> yeah. Oh Jesus. Right, yeah, frigid resilience. That one was again in the same style. I just wrote a big track, and then through the process, I realized that this this it needed its own loops and little sections to kind of adhere to the progression of the fight. So I had to go back into my DAW and really chop it up and and add these little variations because uh, there are specific moves that it it jumps to this little motif and then jumps straight back into the the main piece of music. So mm. and and really, I attribute the the knowledge to do that all to using FMOD, all to understanding how implementation works. And though I'm not a really keen, I'm not, I'm not the best implementer out there. I mean, it's, it's not really something that I focus on. I, I do it because it's, um, it's a skill that I have because it's, it's, it's something that I have to, to rely on and, and, and do when I'm working in, a, you know, indie projects require you to do mm-hmm. all of the roles in one. I know some people who just focus on writing music, which is great, but I always tell them to at least just open FMOD and just just have a quick insight into how it works because I've realized that I can go into FMOD, realize how a loop would be made, and then I jump back into my DAW and I, I compose slightly differently because I know what hmm. I can get away with or what I can achieve after sure. I finished writing the track, so yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. yeah, so some some tracks were super long, and I I kind of shortened them myself. For example, the Scavenger Hound is quite a short track. I think that's probably the shortest one in in the whole game, and that's just because the fight was very straightforward. It didn't need anything more. Sometimes you don't have to put more in. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have yeah. to be this. It doesn't have to be so flash. It just it just can be straightforward. Yeah, that first boss is just like a little tease. It's like, this kind of lets you know, oh, okay, this is going to be really hard, but I can beat this guy. That's what, yeah. <laughs> that's what I thought that's about it. that first track. That's yeah. it. It draws you in. <laughs> so did you, yeah. have you beat the game? I mean, you've played it all, yeah? I, I am actually planning to do a little silly YouTube series. I have this, I've had this idea, Emily, for a while to do this kind of series, which is called composers who are bad at playing their own games, something like that. <laughs> yes. Right. And just getting a bunch of composers and, and being like, like, what are oh, you just released the game? Cool. Let's play it. Let's see how terrible you are at them. Yeah. You know, and just, and then like talking over it, like maybe we could talk about, we'll organize this maybe later. Maybe you can, you can help me put this together, but I can help you with that. Yes. Right? Great. Great. So I, I haven't played through the game as a gamer. I've played through it as a developer. So okay. it, it's going to be very interesting to to sit down and um, and go through it and see if I can actually do it on merit, you know, because up until now I just used all the all the cheats and all the <laughs> the dev functions that, that that allow me not to die and <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Just so you can hear how the music plays out through a battle, right? Exactly, exactly. It wasn't. Yeah, that was the focus at the time, just to get through the battle and actually 
you know, get to the end of the track or end of the fight without dying so I could hear my music. So, uh, what other games are you playing right now? Do you have time to game these days? I, I make time. I make okay. time. Nice. I, yes. I hate it when people. I get it. I get it. As we get older, it's it's you know we have less and less time, more commitments. But you know, if you want to do something, you got to make time. So, yeah, at the moment, I'm going through the the Doom DLC. Oh, nice. Because I I love I love Doom. Doom is Doom is my jam. That is, just give me a big gun and a big monster to shoot at, and I am happy as hell for hours on end. And obviously the music of that, like it's it's Mick Gordon, that heavy yeah. metal, like oh beautiful. Yep. So that I'm in heaven with that. Yeah. So playing that, I'm I'm slowly but surely making my way through through Little Nightmares Two, which has been fantastic as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I just I managed to get my hands on a PS5, so I've been going through like Astro's Playground and um, Nice Playroom and um, Ratchet and Clank, which is just ridiculously good. Like it's yeah. I've never played a Ratchet and Clank before, and this game oh, really? is unbelievable. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess I just missed it as um They're as good, I was growing yeah. up, right? Yeah, and also reading like how the sound designers are getting a hand on the the designing of the haptic feedback function oh, on the new yeah. mm-hmm. controllers. And at first I was like, why are the sound engineers doing it? Surely this is more of a developer thing. But then I guess it makes perfect sense. I was reading how they were doing the sound for Returnal. And and it's, again, it sounds amazing. I've been listening to the soundtrack by Bobby Krillich, like nonstop. I haven't played the game yet, but I am dying to because everything sounds great. And the way they were describing how, how they... they they, they married the, the haptic feedback stuff with the audio to make this incredible experience. Just sounds so, so exciting. So. you know what kind of music you you listen to do you have much leisure listening or are you mostly listening for learning like listening to a lot of soundtracks to absorb things like that or you know how does that work for you it's it's really difficult and maybe you have this as well but if 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 you're in front of speakers or having headphones on all day working the last thing you want to do when you finish is listen to something yes especially listen to it loud do you know, yes. like so, so I've been. If I'm really busy with work, I, I tend not to listen to anything afterwards. I tend to really rest my ears because because they need it. They really do need it. There is such a thing as tired ears, and <laughs> either you hurt yourself or or they become kind of useless. Right? Yeah, you stop. Yeah. But when I do, it's it's still falling back on the the bands that I love, who are still releasing music. People like like Bring Me the Horizon and Gojira, the French prog band. Uh, mm. Machine Head, Trivium, and the classics like Metallica. I still think it's cool to be a Metallica fan, so I'm still <laughs> there with them. And um, nice. <laughs> when it comes to like soundtracks, I, when I I like listening to soundtracks in context with what they were made for, you know. Yeah. So the film soundtracks and and the games, like I love listening to them while I'm playing. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll stop and like just listen to 
see if I can hear the loop for the ambience or, or really take in the cue, like pause playing for a second, for, for a second and just appreciate the audio. But outside of that, it's, yeah, I tend to take a break from music in general. And I don't do it on purpose. I don't do it to be like arrogant or, or like right. some sort of tactic to write better music. Like I'm not going to listen to music. That's why I'm better. Yeah. No, it's 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 literally just because I don't know. I don't yep. feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surrounded by music, and as as much as I love it, it's it's nice to get a break sometimes. So, but yeah, every now and then, like I said, that that uh, a soundtrack will grab me, and I'll just listen to it like on repeat. And at the moment, that's the the returnal stuff. You mentioned that you have other things you're working on now. Can you talk about any of those projects? Yeah, sure. I mean, none of them are announced or they've been smaller things that I've been doing more so for work as opposed to, I guess, putting my name to it. I guess I'm being more thoughtful now of, of what I want people to hear when mm-hmm. they when they, when they they read my name, you know, sort of thing. And I think I'm at that, that stage, which is, which is an advantage. I'm lucky to have been at that stage now where I, I've worked on a project which I genuinely genuinely want to be known for mm. and want to, want to write more music like it. So, um, so, but yeah, in between, I've, like I said, I've worked on many different clients kind of g- grabbing hold of that um, free, freelance lifestyle and, and maximizing it as much as possible. It's, it's also something that I, I now find myself in a position able to teach other people about it and, and coach younger sound designers or composers who are like three or four years behind me, like just starting out like I was. And um, it's nice to be able to pass on what I know to them. So, and some of the other stuff is super different. Like I've, I've just finished work on a, on a rhythm game, which every track was a totally different genre. Oh, and wow. like genres that, that I've never written before. And I told the developer, I was like, you know, I've, I've never written a song like this. He's like, yeah, that's fine. You seem like a nice guy. <laughs> You know, I've been recommended by so and so, and and you seem like a a great guy to work with. So, which which is great. I take the compliment. Thank you. Like, yes. like, and then right. Let's try and write this German minimalist techno song that I you know <laughs> never listened to, and and it worked. It was fine. Yeah, <laughs> it <was> yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. I do want to mention um, because you've said it a couple of times now about how you do coaching and your website. Uh, talks about, you know, if people want your help, they can just reach out to you and, and get some coaching, right? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, again, I've been teaching on the side, like still now, like my whole life, my first job was teaching at one of those Kumon math centers and then teaching one-to-one, like people like uh, trying to get into secondary schools, high schools and stuff like that. So it, mm-hmm. I've always loved teaching no matter what it was, guitar, academics, and now I get to do it alongside the thing that I love to do. So it's, nice. it's kind of, I'm, I'm living the high life. Like, I love it. Like, everything's <laughs> great in my life at the moment. So, yeah. But if, if any, even if you don't want coaching, I'm, I'm always open for anybody just DMing me and asking a question. Like, I'm, I'm an open book. So, And where can we find you? I'm, I'm, I'm most active on Instagram, which is just my name, Sergio Ronchetti. Uh, my website, sergioronchetti.com. Um, but yeah, if you want, if you want to just have a casual chat, Instagram, Twitter, um, yeah, that's where you can find me.
Well, what more would you like to say? Again, I just really enjoyed listening to the soundtrack. It's been such a pleasure to speak with you. But I, you know, if you've got things you want to add, now now's the time. Well, likewise, it's, it's been it's been awesome. Um, what are you working on, Emily? Oh my! Uh, right now, I'm actually working on a project um, with Valve doing a behind the scenes on the Half Life VR game Ooh. that came out last year. So I'm slow getting it out, but I'm getting real close to to finishing that. So I talked to four of the sound, well, three sound designers, um, the composer Mike Moraski, and then. Mm the man who co-invented Steam Audio, which is a sound simulation tool for developers to use in games. And so, and the, the sure. Half-Life, the new Half-Life game that came out last year, that's the first Valve product they used it on. So right, right. we talked about that's that. Amazing. And yeah, yeah, it was really amazing, but it's been, I've never done a project that big before. So it's been pretty chaotic and like doing that, I mean, we've been working on it for a few years now, but then like COVID hit and that got all messed up. And then it's been a challenge, it's been a, it's it's been been a challenge. challenge, but, um, <laughs> but I'm getting so, so close. And so that's what I've been spending most of my time on. And then I do this podcast and then I do another podcast with a friend of mine who's a sommelier. So she's like beer, wine, cocktails. She knows everything about alcohol and anything fermented. And so she talks oh, wow. about that. And I talk about either jazz or classical because that's my first training is in oh, jazz wow. and classical. Yeah. So we talk about those two things in some way, shape or form. We try and find some kind of common theme that's not. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So that one's called Scores and Pours. Scores and, and pours. That's yeah, <laughs> and uh, that one that one's great fun, but also a lot of work. We try and do a lot of interviews with that lately, and um, we try and do a lot of like on-site visits. So there's a lot of editing in, involved in that too. But it's really, really amazing fun. So that's how kinda, exciting! How yeah. exciting! And also, you you touched. I'm actually interested now in interviewing you, Emily. If you have a second, <laughs> sure. About, go ahead. You touched on uh, how you think in terms of like top down. Yeah, I guess in terms of you're talking about like frequency, kind of like instrumentation. Yep. Like, how does that work for you? Yeah, I mean, I think it, that's it's complicated. I kind of because my mom is a singer and she was always an alto, and so I always heard the harmony really well too. But I would, you know, primarily listen to melody, and mm. you know. Even now, this friend of mine that I do this other podcast with, she knows so much more about like pop music or anything that you would hear on the radio in the last 40 years. Like she's on it, whether it's Al Green or Madonna or whatever. Sure, she sure. she knows it all. She knows all the drum parts. She knows the bass parts. It's incredible to me. And she'll play me a song that I've heard thousands of times in my life. And she'll like point out this bass part that I'll have never heard before, you know, and it's, yeah. it's so strange to me because I'm like, wow, I know that song really well, but I've never heard that baseline because I don't listen down right. like that. I have to think about right. it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's strange. And I, I kind of think it's a product of being a trumpet player and always having the melody, you know? I mean, that's kind of what I always thought it was why it was like that, you know? Sure. And I guess that um, that serves as an advantage in some ways because you are focusing on like your niche, like your part. Yep. And because of that focus, you can do it so well. Yeah. I, I also remember the first time like you, your, your ears start becoming more analytical 
as you're yes. listening to something and all of a sudden you can dissect the song into layers that nobody yeah. knows. And I remember talking to like the, uh, one of the drummers I was playing with telling him like, oh yeah, this is what the bass line does in this song. And he was like, oh really? I've never heard that before. I've never even <gasps> noticed that. Yeah. And it's, and it's true unless you point it out. And it, I guess it's the same with, with the sound design that I'm listening. I know that my ears are, are, are getting better at picking things up. The same with the music, like the more I do it, it's, it's, Yeah. Yeah, you like learn to listen in a different way. Yeah, yeah, it's a massive yeah. skill in itself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why score study is so valuable for me to visually see the music is really helpful, and mm-hmm. that helps to draw my attention to different things too. But I mean, I was mm-hmm. a piano player first, but never very good at it, and I always <laughs> struggled with the left hand. And sure. <laughs> I can read treble clef way faster than I can read bass clef. So, <laughs> so I was I was the other way around. Exactly the same experience. I did piano for a little bit, and yeah, left hand was fine. Yeah, it's the right one. <laughs> well, we'd be good on the on a duet then. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Just very excited to be working with John and Francesco on, on the follow-up project, which is uh, which is already sounding really exciting. This like it's way too early to say anything else, but um, <laughs> it's it's very exciting now to be, I guess as well. Another advantage of working in indie games is that that um, that you have more influence or more say in the stuff around your job, which makes yeah. you feel more part of the team. It really feels. Um, way more rewarding, way more satisfying, you know, you're not just doing your, your job and then clocking out at the end of the day. So it's, and it's been great. And, and I'm fortunate enough to, to find myself like, like really good friends with the guys that I work with. So we we're kind of pushing that relationship to the next level. And it's, um, it's exciting. It's very exciting. Well, I cannot wait to hear what, uh, what comes next and play it as well. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for this. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for listening to this episode of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Sergio Ronchetti at patreon.com slash level. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Hi. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at levelwithemily.com. That's made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and our YouTube channel is managed by composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc.